The beauty of culture, God's purpose for all nations. And uh, so, so the one thing that uh, I think is important for us to think through is, is what beauty is. Right, so, so the first thing, I'm, I'm a word guy, and so when I see the beauty of culture, the first thing I think about is like, what is beauty anyway? And I think for us, what we think about beauty as a nation and even as a world is so distorted that when it comes to like God's true beauty, that we can't even see it. Right, so sometimes we don't even see beauty in culture. We don't see beauty in the scripture. We don't see beauty in the things where we ought to see beauty because our understanding of beauty is so jacked up, right? When, when you think about beauty, uh, I don't know, I'm not sure what kind of images come to your mind, right? But I know what I see on television. I know what I see walking the streets. I know what I see in the, in the stores. And I know now, because I have two younger daughters and even a younger son, how their understanding of beauty is being formed, right? And I think it, if it's not informed by the scripture, it is really, really uninformed, right? So one thing that we've often heard that I want to kind of just like smash tonight is that like beauty is in the eye of the beholder. No, that's wrong. Beauty is not in the eye of the beholder because the beholder is a jaded, sinful, ignorant, God-hating, insolent, haughty, boastful, dust bucket. <laughs> right? Right. So, so we can't say like beauty is in our eyes because we're jacked up, y'all. So it's hard for us even to love culture because we're so messed up like you know what this is like an AA meeting my name is Kevin Jones and I'm dust right we all ought to just say that you know my name is Kevin Jones and I have a jaded understanding of what beauty is and I think if we can say that and appreciate that for what it is then we can really begin to focus on the beauty of culture and I think and I think beauty is is spiritual Right, the most beautiful things in the world is like are found in God's holy and righteous scripture. Right, the most beautiful thing in the world, in my opinion, of course I'm saying it, sorry for all you English majors that I clarified that, is, is what's written in the Bible. Is the fact that Jesus Christ sent his only son to lay down his life for us. Like that's that's beautiful. Right? Like we've seen acts of beauty. If I ask you that, what is the most beautiful thing you've seen? Like most of us aren't gonna say a person. Right? Mm -hmm. You've seen beautiful people, and I do think there are beautiful people in the world, handsome people in the world. You know, I think my son is beautiful. When he was born, I'm like, he looks better than like both my daughters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like the most adorable little thing I have ever seen. But he looks like his mom, and my daughters look like me. So y'all get the point, right? <laughs> y'all not recording this, are you? Don't don't ever let y'all record. It. Okay, cool. You ever hear this when I'm dead? You might be upset, you know. So, so, but beauty is not, y'all, in the eye of the beholder. So if I ask you, well, Paul's now to ask this question. Like, what is, I kind of like gave it away, so forgive me for doing that. But like, when you think about beauty, what is the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in your life? Now, now notice that we've, we've mentioned two things that are distinctly related to God and his attributes. Right? Distinctly. Mountains, sunrise. The most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life, straight up, is laying out in Zimbabwe where there are absolutely no lights and you can see a trillion stars. What is, the first time I went, I'm like, what is this? As soon as I got over all the animals making noises, you know? <laughs> I'm saying, oh, you know, I'm going to trust you, you know? And, and they're laying, and I'm like, 
That's real trust there. And you're looking up and it's like, this is the most beautiful thing I see. Okay, I'm on that point, I'm off it, right? So when, I, when, I, when you think about the beauty of culture, first we have to be able to understand and define what beauty really is, right? So now I, I, want, I want you to ask, answer this question. What is culture? So let me ask you this. Like what is, when you think about Christian culture, you think about Christian culture, the, the beauty of culture, right? So we're talking about specifically, I mean, we're here, we're Christians, crew, right? right? So we're thinking about what, what is the Christian culture? What makes our culture so beautiful? What makes our culture so beautiful? What makes our way of living? What makes the way we see art and music and, and even eat a bowl of cereal different in our culture than the way somebody else does all of those things? And I think that's because in our culture, Jesus Christ is supreme in our culture. So we think about the beauty of culture. We're thinking really about the beauty of how we see everything filtered through the eyes of the scripture and through the eyes of God. Like that, that's like that's the beauty of culture. All right. First Timothy chapter one. Paul refers to himself as that. Philippians chapter three. That's how Paul describes himself. Right? To give everything away. We'll talk about that in a moment. Great. That's right. So that's First John chapter 1. He's like, listen, I write these things so that our joy may be complete. Right? So how is our joy complete? That we have fellowship with the Father, we have fellowship with the Son, and then he goes on, boom, in 1 John chapter 5, and he says, hey, listen, we came, Jesus Christ came by the Spirit, by the water, and by the blood. Not by the Spirit and water only, but by the Spirit, water, and by the blood, because he was, he was laying out his case. And listen, our culture is different. Our culture is led by the Spirit. We're baptized in the water. My wife doesn't know how to say that word. We're baptized in the water, right? Right? By water, by Spirit, by water, and by the blood. And he died on the cross, shed his blood for us. Like that, that's what makes our culture different. So, back to this. I have about eight minutes left, I suppose. The beauty of culture, God's purpose for all nations. So how do we know God's purpose for us, for all nations. How do we know God's purpose? That, that, that's a question I'm asking you. How do you know what God's purpose is for you? So I'll tell y'all a little bit. So I worked, I worked as a public school teacher for years, never thought I would work for a Christian organization, taught at Southern Seminary, served as a dean there uh, for five years. Now I'm at Kentucky State University. So I found myself now, so now I'm asking the Lord like one real question, like, like God, and I'm gonna to get to myself, I'm asking God, like, what is my purpose? Like where can I bring you the most glory? Like that's my personal reflective question, like right now, today, how can I bring you the most, how can I glorify you the most to all nations? And so I think this is a question that we ought to often ask ourselves. God, how can I, how can I bring you glory? How can I glorify you towards all nations. So what is God's purpose? What is God's purpose for you? How do you know that? How do you know? Through the scripture. Which, which scripture? How do, like, how, how do we know? Lord, like, what is, what is my purpose? We can't quite, we can't really understand God's purpose for all nations until we rightly situate God, what God's purpose is for our lives. And then I'm going to do a survey from Genesis to Revelation here in a moment. But do you know, do you know what your own purpose is in life? To be sanctified in the Lord. Amen. Sound like Romans. Yes. To glorify God. Amen. What is our purpose? So, so if that's the purpose of our individual lives, then what is God's purpose for all nations? It's the same. It's to glorify him. So I don't want to make this, I mean, I, I, I want to kind of boil down this topic to its, I guess, to its, to its smallest portion, which means 
God's purpose for all cultures, all nations, all ethnic groups is to glorify him. Turning about with me to Revelation. It says, after this, I love the scripture, y'all. I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number. Can y'all imagine that? You look up and you see a great number that no one can number. I'll keep going. I can't pause every second. From every nation. So, so what's the purpose? What's God's purpose? To bring a remnant, Romans 11, we can go there in a moment, to bring a remnant from every nation, every tribe, every culture to himself. I'm cutting off the Jews, grafting in the Gentiles. Is anybody here ethnically a Jew? Okay, cool, so we're all Gentiles. Okay, cool. So, so we've all been grafted in, right? That's the point. We've all been grafted in. The Bible goes on to say, from every nation, from all tribes and people and languages, standing for the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, like here is the purpose of all cultures and all nations. What is it? That every voice cries out, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worship God. Like that's the purpose of every culture. So that we one day will fall completely on our faces before the Lord. God bless you. Before the Lord, <laughs> praising and worshiping him. Like we see this in 1 Kings chapter 8. The temple has been built. Solomon is wretched as he was with all of his wives. And he was not, not long after this moment led astray. But when the temple is complete, he laid down, arms stretched out on his face, blessing the Lord. Now at that particular time, that was just Solomon and David's crew, right? Right? And the guy had told them, like, like my man said up here, to divide yourself, to separate yourself from every other nation, every other tribe, all those people. Get away from them because they worship other gods. It's going to lead you to a hoarder. They're going to lead you to turning your face away from me. But when the veil failed, Jesus Christ came. Now everybody is welcomed in. Mm -hmm. that's, 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 what we, that's what we live for. And then the Bible goes on to say, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. The beauty of culture, God's purpose for all nations is to be on our faces together. Mm -hmm. Because that is the only thing that brings us together. Not our music. That really doesn't bring us together. You know why? Because even my Wife doesn't want to go to hear certain concerts with me. When I play Stevie Ray Vaughan, he's not a sinner, is he? He probably is. When I'm listening to Stevie Ray Vaughan loud and the music's loud, she's like, I don't want to hear that. Turn Lenny off. I love Lenny. Y'all heard, heard this song before? But I'm listening to that. Like, that doesn't bring us together. Okay? I don't like vegetables. I eat them because I have to. And I want to set a good example in front of my kids. So when we have vegetables, you know what I do? I'm like a four-year-old. I eat all my vegetables first to get them out of the way. And I just put them in my mouth all at the same time and just be done. No, no kidding. We had tacos last night. You know what I did? I said, hey, look, she already knows. Don't even cut my spinach up. Don't do that. Don't put it up. Don't, not, don't do that. Just give me a handful because they say it's good for you. And I'm going to eat it before I eat the meat and cheese. Right? So it can't be. 
So, we, so, so it can't be the food that brings us together, right, y'all? It can't be the food that brings us together. So it's not the music that brings us together. It's not the food. It surely isn't dress, right? It's not, it's not the way we dress. It's, it's, not the way, it's not the way we do any of those things. What's the thing that brings all cultures, all nations, every tribe together? What is it, y'all? It is the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Like, that is the only thing that we will all share in common. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. In other areas, we're simply deferring to one another and trying to love each other through all these other things that constantly separate us. I mean, my wife and I, we struggle to pick a movie. So it can't be our forms of entertainment. I want to see something with blood and killing. Why would you want to watch that? I'm like, why would you want to watch like people crying and going out on dates and breaking up either? <laughs> Lifetime TV for women, I hate that. Amen. <laughs> see, I, sorry if this sounds like I was a chauvinist. I, I'm, just, I, I'm not at all. You know, I just, I want to see fighting. <laughs> So, so it's not the arts that bring us together, right? It can't be. I mean, my wife and I can't even agree on those things. But what is it? What do we agree upon? That our lives are subordinate to the scripture. That's what we agree on. And so even as you think through with your brothers and your sisters sitting to your left and to your right, we can deal with all these other things. We can nuance what culture is. We can work our way in and out. But the Christians have one culture. We have one king. And our culture is we are subordinate. All of our thoughts, everything we do is subordinate to the holy and righteous scripture where the bible is silent we are silent where the bible speaks we speak and when the bible doesn't speak we trust in the spirit to speak for us and through us and to be sensitive to the spirit because jesus christ said i'm leaving y'all disciples i gotta go but i love you so much i'm gonna leave you with my spirit mm -hmm. and the spirit is not some thing that comes and goes it is the third portion of the trinity the godhead and he dwells in each of us. Ephesians chapter 1. We're all sealed up. Ephesians 1 says. The beauty of culture, God's purpose for all nations is for us to fall on our face and worship him. So I have one question for you. I've said a whole lot. A little bit. I didn't say a lot. I've said enough. About the beauty of culture, God's purpose for all nations. When we leave here tonight, how do we articulate what we have heard tonight to other people? We leave here and somebody says, hey, are you all hurting down and talking about the purpose of God of all nations and God's purpose of that? Like, what, what, what do we say when we leave here tonight? How do we articulate that? How do we share what we've heard tonight outside of this context? And the beauty is this. When you think about how many nations and ethnic groups there are in the world, and the fact that one king can bring all those people together is a beautiful thing. And so when I say that all we do, art, food, all those things are subordinate to the gospel, they're subordinate to the gospel and fall underneath the gospel because it is the gospel that actually holds us together. But it is the beauty of those things that actually make our God so beautiful. The fact that he can make so many different, like y'all would like look at people's eyebrows or noses or cheeks. He said, how creative is not, please don't start staring at people's noses on your way out. <laughs> That's kind of spooky. But when you look at folks, you say, oh man, our God is so awesome. Like, do y'all know like nobody in here is the same color? Now, we're just different shades of light to dark. I mean, I'm a little bit darker than most of y'all, but like nobody in here is the same color. 
And nobody in there has the exact same taste buds or things that we love and things that we desire. And that's what makes our gods. I mean, I like cinnamon. People talk about me not liking fruits. I'm like, God made my taste buds. That's what I tell my wife. It only goes so far, though. <laughs> but it's the truth, right? He gave me a taste for some things and, and not a taste for others. And that's what makes him mighty and beautiful. Let me pray for us. God, we are thankful for you and all that you have done for us, through us. Father, I pray and I'm asking right now that we can all experience your love, tangible love. You are a real and living God and you love and love is an action. So, Father, I pray that we do see your love in action. And the night is still young for you, Lord. And so show us tonight uh, your love. Father, we pray for Becca and the new baby as giving birth is a miracle. So, Father, I'm thankful that you preserved her and the baby through, through nine months and, or ten months and giving birth. Lord, we're thankful for that. And I pray that you will Allow the new baby to grow up in the fear and admonition of you. And that one day we all get to see the fruit even of this short prayer for her, for her baby. Father, we also pray and I'm asking that you would show us the walls as it relates to culture that we have built up. And that we can tear those walls down, that you would tear those walls down so that we could share the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.